absolutely pathetic. The Mets just lost three out of four games to the last place Marlins. We'll break down the debacle in Miami, how far the Mets have fallen from grace, and look ahead to the huge series, yet another huge series, this time in Philly this weekend. We'll have a group therapy session as the We Gotta Believe Barstool Sports podcast host KFC and Clem will join us. Plus your emails and voicemails in You Got Mail. It's all next on a We Need a Drink edition of Amazing But True from the New York Post. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York, folks. It's out of here. We got you. Oh, welcome back to Amazing But True, our Mets podcast on the New York Post. Jake Brown here, former Mets pitcher Nelson Figaro there at Jake Brown Radio at Figgy NY is where you get us on Twitter. Give us a five star rating, write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google, wherever else you get your podcasts. Later in the show, we'll play your emails, your voicemails, and we'll be joined by the We Gotta Believe Barstool Sports Mets podcast. KFC and Clem will stop by as we commiserate. Before we get into the show, we remind you that Sunday, Catch Astoria, be there. They got food, drinks, NW train, N or W to 30th Ave. It's right off the train. You'll see it there or Uber or Drive. You'll find some parking eventually in Astoria. Come on out. Catch Astoria, 1 p.m. for Mets Phillies, 5 p.m. Around there, we'll start the podcast. Me and Figgy will be there. Sarah McCroy will be there. Zach Braziller from the Post may make an appearance. We might have some other special guests as well. We'll give out mugs, shirts, koozies. We got a lot of giveaways. Figgy might even give away some autographed balls. They're going for 69 cents on eBay, but uh, we'll give them out for free to you, the listeners of Amazing But True. We'll take pictures. Excited for Sunday and what hopefully will be the end to a good weekend right now because Figgy... The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp defeated the New York Mets. I mean, that was a triple-A Marlins team out there. The Mets continue to be putrid getting runners in. For the 69th time, they left the bases loaded and no outs and did not score one freaking run. It's an absolute disgrace. You want to laugh at me? Oh, bunt, bunt. You should have bunted. At this point, just lay down a bunt. Do something different. Change your approach. We got La Plata Sombrero, Mr. Javier Baez, finding a way to strike out five times. We got every guy in town not getting a runner home. Can't get a sack fly. Can't change their approach. They're making the Marlins look like a bunch of Cy Young winners with whoever's starting out there. They're throwing out Jeff McNeil out of the lineup. Conforto's playing when you have Drury on the bench against a lefty. Luis Rojas is making boneheaded decisions. And... After a three out of four series loss, we enter Friday in a series against the Phillies where we can't say on Sunday when we record that the Mets are in first place because on Sunday when we were at Catch Astoria having brews with our fans and listeners of the show, the Mets might not be in first place. And now it's time to enter Panic City, Figgy. 
You think so? So soon? I've waited all season to rant, and the first rant, I'm frustrated I had to do it, but you can't lose to the Marlins three out of four. You had to split that series. You had to win the series, but you had to at least split it. And the fact they didn't, it's embarrassing. They're playing their worst baseball going into the biggest series of the year against the team that's right on their tail. Yeah, it's not the ideal time, and we kept saying how the Pirates, before the All-Star break, it was perfect for them. They were going to be able to seven games, and it was going to just right the ship and these guys were gonna just steamroll all the way through and then you saw some ugly things happen in that pirate series you saw some games that they should have won that they lost games that they should have never had a chance to to be behind in they found themselves behind you see the pitching staff really starting to break down especially the starting rotation and all these things that have been happening all season long there's only so long you can go and survive and stay afloat stay afloat is really what they've done uh since june uh, they haven't played really uh, any consistent you know high level baseball they've played some inspired baseball they've won some games in comeback fashion they seem to always be behind always find a way to come back and then either a bullpen key member of the bullpen blows it or uh, you know the Mets don't come through in the clutch with runners in scoring position down in the seventh eighth and ninth innings so that seems to be in the the tail all year long if you're looking at the Mets and, and their run differential on the season it's a minus 11 as of right now and when you're talking about a minus 11 that's not going to get it done just to give you some perspective Milwaukee Brewers are leading the central they're at a plus 91. San Francisco Giants are only at a plus 126. The Dodgers are only at a plus 164. San Diego Padres in third place are at a plus 99, and yet they're in third place. So the Mets have been very fortunate to be in a division in which, I mean, there are only two teams with plus run differentials. It happens to be Atlanta, whose pitching has been killing them mostly this year, hasn't been the lineup. They're at a plus 57, and Miami Marlins are at a plus two and so while you laugh during a series a short series like this is a four game series the miami marlins can find ways to beat you they can put up runs and they did it early in both games scored four runs early and then you watch and the mets were able to claw back and and find a way to get back in these games but you cannot let these teams jump out all over you that's why a guy like jacob Degrom has to be your saving grace right he's the guy that goes out there and he doesn't give up many runs if any you don't have that feeling it's all right how many runs is this guy going to give up or how soon is he going to give them up mcgill was the first time that he got ambushed like that four runs before he even got an out but he pitched very well after that it gave him an opportunity to even be you know in that ball game i wouldn't say panic city jake but you're visiting panic city but you're not living there as of yet so because you know we relied on this pitching so much to get us here and oh we're in first place we're in first place now we're seeing the pitching come down to earth a little bit with mcgill struggling with walker who's just been terrible who we talked about might have to make an il trip you know, the bats have to do their job. And in honor of the Backstreet Boys just liking my tweet, I'm going to say quit playing games with my heart. I mean, <laughs> come on. You can't keep doing this with runners in scoring position. You know, the approach coach, Hugh Quattlebaum, I said he's in a quagmire. Well, he's in all sorts of quagmires right now. He's got to figure out how to get these guys to change their approach with runners in scoring position. they got to take more pitches, draw more walks. This is a pennant race. Luis Rojas can't sick guys every day game after a night game. There was no reason you didn't have Nimmo in there Thursday, but you had Conforto, who's been terrible. Sit Conforto all weekend against the Phillies for all I care and start Drury. He's playing so badly. He's been an automatic out. And your high-priced catcher you got, you were so eager to get him early in the offseason, is getting pinch hit for. 
by Brandon Drury, who wasn't supposed to be on the roster. How is that possible that you're pinch hitting for your starting catcher that you went out of your way to sign over JT Realmuto? So maybe you need more trust in your guys. If you don't have trust in them, don't play them because I'm sick of pinch hitting for every guy in the lineup at some point of the game that you don't have trust for any of your starters. Well, then play the bench mob. Because if your stars aren't getting done, you got to make changes. And this is all across the board, Figgy. It's the starting pitching struggling. You know, now Familia, we're starting to st- see the last the last week, has struggled. He got pounded. You know, the defense has their moments here and there. It's A to Z. It's rough to watch. And you got to beat the Phillies. Because, you know, I don't want to be recording Sunday after the Mets get swept by the Phillies. Because, you know, the only saving, you talk about saving graces, our saving grace will be alcohol on Sunday. That's it. <laughs> it's not shaping up to be a very good month for august but it could be a month to remember if somehow they're able to score enough runs just score enough runs it's it's what it comes down to right it doesn't matter how good look at jacob Degrom. all his career he could give up one run or fewer and he still doesn't have a winning record because of that um the, the team has to find ways to score runs and and you have to be maybe a little creative uh luis rojas had talked about it maybe playing a little bit more small ball small ball is not striking out swinging five times that's not small ball by any means of, of the, the rise concept. and fall of bias from the homer and sl- that amazing slide to five strikeouts the next day yeah he's he's gonna have these moments he's gonna be that guy Jekyll and, and Hyde and it's very Jekyll and Hyde with him and that's something that you you kind of uh sign up for because normally it's probably about a 70 30 split of, of those kind of moments he just he does so much for you on a ball field, whether it's his defense, whether it's his speed, whether it's the the you know tricky slides that he's able to do that nobody else seems to be able to do. He needs to mature. He needs to mature and buckle down and realize that this team is putting a lot of, on his plate. Most guys get brought in as an addition to. He was brought in as the sole move of, hey, this guy could help us win and win now. But I, I don't know if he gets that. I think, you know, he's still kind of seeing himself in the, the the Cubs uniform and, you know, everything will be all right kind of thing. And he's just not there. I, I'm looking at this guy like picking fights with every team they've played against thus far, picking fights with every team. He's got a beef with everybody. And you can't be that boisterous and that demonstrative when you do things well and then turn around and get mad when someone does it to you. You just can't. And I think that's one of the things that Trevor Bauer used to say. Hey, you hit a home run off me, do whatever you want. Cartwheel, backflip, but don't get mad if I punch you out and I, you know, and I do my thing. There's a give and take in it, and I just don't see that maturity in his game. And and the Mets need that. They need him to kind of take that big swing, trot the bases, and let that do the talking. Don't get the team riled up, you know, the other team riled up, talking to their bench, talking to their players, talking to their man, whoever it is that he's talking to. You know, there's no reason for it. Um, I just, that's something that I've always hated. You always let a sleeping dog lie. You play the game the right way and the things will work out for you. A guy like Baez, yeah, he's playing for that big contract, but you could see more and more, I think baseball is deciding if you're kind of a player that's a distraction more so than an addition or not that you want conformity. Yeah, I want him to do his thing, but don't go doing it at the the cost of others because you start getting people riled up and there's fights there's been bench clearing in, in the last three series that buys has been involved in that can't continue to happen and speaking of talking marcus stroman's gonna have to walk the walk on friday to mm-hmm. start the series you know we need to be recording a catch sunday and they're going for either a series win or sweep because if they lose two out of three 
it'll surely be panic city listen right around the corner we'll talk about it in in a bit with the barstool guys with kfc and clem right around the corners 13 days in in hell i mean that's the dodgers i mean we have the couple against the nationals you return home in games you really got to win now against the nationals but it's set up by this the phillies are on your tail send a message win the series win over the nationals and go into that 13 game stretch at least still in first place by a few games. We went from, uh, you know, we're in first place, we're in first place, to God, I hope we're in first place in 24 hours. So a lot can change, and we're excited for Sunday. Sarah, you will be finally breaking out the Mets nail polish after your loss in your bet. Unfortunately, yes, I will. <laughs> Are you excited to throw on your shirt, hat, and, and nail polish in front of a crowd of hopefully 100 people or so? Oh my god the shirt i can live with the nails i don't know i mean i'll have to do it <laughs> yeah, you have to do it and this is the perfect we said at a game but we there's no guarantee they put us on the jumbotron at the oh game. yeah there is uh, yeah you're just gonna make me pay for it right <laughs> yeah, I mean, this might be more embarrassing because there'll be a video of it and everything and it'll be posted everywhere suddenly uh, so. i'm gonna be sick on sunday oh, yeah I oh here it. we go she's I got the lambda she's got lambda folks <laughs> she's got she got delta plus only 9.99 a month for delta plus no commercials uh so watch out for that so sunday at catch Store, 1 p.m game 5 p.m recording looking forward to that we have KFC and Clem coming up in just a bit. But first, we go to your voicemails and emails in You Got Mail right here on Amazing But True. You Got Mail. All right, it's time for You Got Mail where we play your voicemails and read your emails. Amazing But True pod at gmail.com, 845-391-3660. If you want to give us a call we'll read one of your emails first and it says hey guys i was interested in knowing if during nelson's playing career he felt that certain teams no matter what they did had quote unquote their number it seems that the marlins always seem to do well against the mets but their record against other teams not so much thanks seth and jericho once again a big fan of the show the the drip god he's always got the drip five-star <laughs> reviewer on apple podcast figgy i'll let you answer that one yeah, no, it, it, there's always a team that seems to get under your skin or they, they make it tougher than you suspect they're going to, no matter what their record is. I used to find that happened with uh, pitchers. It seemed like any guy that I was facing that day, if he had a 7 ERA coming into the game, it was like a 1.7. It was always one of those mental things where, yeah, this guy's been so bad for so long, today will be the day that he has his best game while I'm pitching against me. That's just I think part of that mental side of baseball where, you know, it's a game of failure. And so you're trying to figure out, well, you know, we should be better than this team. And you take it for granted. Those teams are, you know, they're they're getting it up to play against you because you're the better team. You're the, the more well-known team. You have more superstars. And that usually is a motivating factor, especially down the stretch to be a spoiler. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I, my team's never made the playoffs. Closest I came again was the, the – we were two games out when I was with Philadelphia, two games out from uh, the Braves, and then we – the Mets, of course, the collapse in 08 um, was as close as I got to the playoffs going down to the last day. So I've never made the playoffs, but it was always that, you know, I was on the Pirates or I was on, you know, the, the Astros back then because we were bad. You wanted to play spoiler. We went into Philadelphia, and they were first-place team at the time, and we swept them a four-game series in Philadelphia. And that was like our little mini World Series to us. So, yeah, there's always a team that kind of gets under your skin a little bit more than they should because you don't ever really take them seriously. And then you look up, and you're like, man, we lost to that team that many times. 
that's the Marlins for the Mets. Yeah, I think it's sometimes just a matchup thing, Figgy. You know, this mm-hmm. guy pitches you never seen him before. Yeah. This guy you just can't hit that night. And sometimes all those add up to a bunch of losses. So to me, I think it's more coincidental, although it feels like we always lose big games at the Marlins. Today was considered a big game because you just lost a series to them. All right, let's play a voicemail here that we have. You've got mail. Hey, what's up, Jason Figgy? This is Danny from Long Island. I just wanted to know, how can I be more like Jake Brown? Every game, this dude posts pictures with a different girl. <laughs> Yo, tell me a secret, bro. You're the man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's an interesting question. Thank you. I am the man. Uh, I am the man right now, in the words of Jordani Valdespin. Uh, a couple of things. Yes, that is true. I've definitely been with more. This is a Guinness Book World Record year of different amount of girls that I have brought to games. Some end up being friends. Some, you know, at times romantic interests. Some not. Some professional career people. Uh, how do I do it? First, you got to have a little swag. You know, it takes a little swag to make this work. You got to have a little game. I have a little bit of game. You got to use the cocoa butter if you're bald. You got to make sure your skin is smooth. That's essential. Got to rock the chain. The chain is important. If you got a little drip on you, Seth and Jericho who just left an email knows that. Uh, so you got to do that. Fourth, usually you got to pay for the ticket. That's, mm. uh, that's a key or, yep. or offer. <laughs> yeah, getting now warmer. We get <laughs> We're getting warmer. You know, sometimes a free. T- usually, if you bring someone, I'm usually for the most part not going to ask. If there's someone who is an established good friend of mine, then yes, I will ask. But if it's their first time going, first time bringing them, I will usually pay. Or if it's free, or if it's a cheap ticket, it's never usually too expensive. So sometimes it's it's the ticket, the swag, the drip. The pork chop, the pork chop tied around your neck. Yeah, you know the 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 food. (laughs) You you know you gotta you gotta offer the good food, but uh, you gotta be the pod father too. Sometimes that's what it takes. If you're the pod father, you get away with more things than if uh, you're the godfather. Um, So that's the 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 keys to. I was taking notes. I was just taking notes as you were, you know. Giving us the uh, secrets. Would you like to, to dress your, up and come one time? Your secrets to your success. Um, you're looking at, a, uh, was that one chain or two? Two chains? Just one. Two one. chains, four bracelets, in the ah, words of two chains, but just one today. So know. just one chain is what we normally rock. Okay, I got that. So we would talk about the cocoa butter for the bald hair. Keep it the nice Dolce and, and Cabana cologne is, is the key uh, to it. Always smells fresh. Smelling involved. That's right. Yep. Okay. Then, uh, and the girls all, like a good serial killer, the girls all seem to have the same shoes that they're wearing. <laughs> Gotta have the white shoes. There we go. <laughs> It's just starting to get dark very quickly. So, so it's not that he necessarily has a type, but he has a pattern. It's a pattern. Just so you know, so, I don't text in advance to say, please wear white shoes. That was more of just a coinkadink that that happened. So if he yes. says so, but Jake, Jake is, is, is known to slide into DMS and just offer some tickets, you know, see if you want to come watch a game, you know, it's, that's part of his game. It, it, at at the ripe old age of 30 uh, more power to him and also listen i'm a single man i'm 30 i'm making okay money i don't have kids i don't have pets i mean what do you want me to do i'm not going to go to every game with a bro sometimes you just gotta i'm a single guy and listen how many games have you been to with a bro uh this year is no this year is probably nine or ten maybe that it might man, be 25 with a girl, 10 with a guy. Don't count me. Like that. Can don't I interject? Me. Please. Yes. yes. Why do you have to, and I've been to a game with you, why do you <laughs> Why do you have to post photos with every girl that you go? Well, some don't. Some don't get Oh, my God. Stuff. There's more than one. 
you know, it's more just fun now because people will respond like, oh, my God, another one. Or even girls will be like, are you kidding me? A different girl this time. So it's kind of just been like a game in some ways this year. It's kind of just been fun. So I don't always do, but. So I was just another one in the game. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> I, had, I had to post Sarah McCrory. I mean, the legend herself, you know. Oh, man. Uh, Legend. I say 90% maybe I've posted, 10% not, but usually I do. Do you pay for their food and drinks? <laughs> it depends who it is. Um, it gets pricey, yeah, so usually not. Yeah, you pay for my drinks. Yeah. Cake. Yeah. Oh, when you went, it was free. Well, Yankees was free, Jake. you know. You're, 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 you're I usually out, don't pay. You're giving no. out, listen, magician, don't give away all your secrets because the <laughs> other ones that are listening are going to be like, oh, so he only pays for certain ones. Yeah, well, clearly yeah, you're I not doing zip, something right because it's it. a different girl yeah, every time. Well, if you were doing something right, it get... would be the same girl all every right, Sarah, time. All right, <laughs> Sarah, Sarah, <laughs> you had your chance. Sorry. <laughs> Listen, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, Sarah, yeah, you missed out. You know, it's just uh, <laughs> there's been a couple of two-timers. There's been a couple of <laughs> a few times, oh, um, you know. One day I'll I'll have a girlfriend and settle down, but it's bald boy summer, you know. It's it's time, but some of this will probably get deleted in the. No, it won't. <laughs> Drip swag, cocoa butter smell tickets are <clears throat> the key, and Podfather is number six. So there you go. There's your advice. Uh, hope you use it uh, wisely. Don't tell them that uh, I told you that. Just say. <laughs> Joining us now on Amazing But True, Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa. We'll do a little crossover here with the We Gotta Believe podcast with Barstool Sports. That would be KFC at KFC Barstool and Clem at the Clem Report. You can follow their podcast. It comes out on Fridays. Follow them on Twitter at Gotta Believe Pod. They do it with Brendan Clancy and Kyle Gelling as well. Guys, what timing to have you on here after 15 men were left on base and the Jumbo Shrimp took care of the Mets or uh, the Rumble Ponies, I should say, in what was a disastrous series. I guess, KFC, your face tells it all. We'll start with you. Yeah, man, uh, it's a dark time. I, I My entire life I was known as you know, one of the most pessimistic Mets fans because I hated the Wilpons. And then since Cohen came to town, I kind of decided I'm going to, I'm changing it up and I'm, I believe in Cohen and where we're going in the future. And so I became this positive Mets fan. It's trying my patience. It's getting hard. I don't know how these guys do it, man. Part of me is like, what the hell is going on? And part of me is like, this is how it goes, right? Like when we had those seven games against the Pirates, I was like, I know exactly what's happening here. We're going two and five against this team because that's what the Mets do. And the Marlins, whether they're good or bad, the Marlins are always a thorn in our side. So on one hand, I'm like, how can this even be happening? How can you leave this many men on base? How can guys like Taiwan Walker all of a sudden be terrible? How can Michael Bucanforto be batting below the Mendoza line? There's a lot of stuff I can't understand. But then there's also stuff that's like, well, I've been watching this team for 30-plus years, so a lot of this is par for the course. You can change the owner. You can change the jerseys. You can change this, that, the other thing. There are certain things that it will just always be the Mets of the Mets. Clem, your thoughts? <laughs> yeah. This game, this series, this month, basically, you guys, your, your pod says it. Amazing but true. It's amazing but true. I mean, 15 left on base, and I'm like, yep, that's about right. That should be like the low point for any 
team in a season. And it's just like another day at the office. Kev was Kev said he was running around and he's like, oh, I missed like the beginning of the game. What happened? I go, oh, you've seen it a million times, Kev. First inning, bases loaded, not a single run comes in. And we lived through the entire Javi Baez cycle in 24 hours. We got the, the base running, the electric base running, the fielding that made a big play, home run to take the lead. The game-winning home run is shouting at the Marlins fans behind the dugout, and then the goal, the platinum sombrero the next day. Dude, I woke <laughs> up I woke up to people on Twitter saying Lindor should have to move positions when he comes back. We got Baez now, and then today he struggles, and they're like, get this guy. I know we shouldn't have traded for him. I mean, it was a quick turnaround on Javi Baez. Yeah, that's what we were going to be expecting, right? How soon was this honeymoon going to last? It was like all of a sudden – we went to the Bahamas. We got Javi Baez. We're in Puerto Rico. Everything's going great. And now all of a sudden, the downpour is coming. You're like, wait a minute. This wasn't who I married. This isn't what we signed up for. I don't know, man. That trade signifies exactly what you were just saying, KFC. That's being a Mets fan, right? You've got a superstar all of a sudden in a Mets uniform that you would have killed for. Just thinking about hearing his name in a Mets uniform. Lindor, Mets name. And, and now you're sitting back and you're like, oh, man, these guys are flawed. They're tainted. And you don't have to watch that when you're in Chicago and you're in Cleveland. You've never noticed that. You only saw the highlights. You never got to see the everyday, the nuts and bolts of a guy like a Javi Baez. And the one thing that I've always stressed is let a sleeping dog lie, right? You got the Marlins. You should be playing better to them, but the Mets have played to the level of their competition all year long. So now you're sitting there and Javi Baez comes through. And what is he doing? He's poking at them. He just keeps poking at them. And it's him by himself because the Mets don't really know this guy, right? So they're like, hey, you know no, what we've been through? he doesn't know. You know what we've been through? We're the walking wounded. It looks like, you know, the, the Pied Piper with the guy with the bandage on his head. And the, and that's who the Mets lineup has been for most of the season. Bias comes in here and he's thinking, man, I'm going to be a free agent. This is New York. If I can just be like Cespedes was in 2015, I could write my own check. And as he comes in here, he brings that little edge and that little swagger and that attitude with him. And nobody likes it. No one around baseball likes Javi Baez's attitude. He does some amazing things, but some of the bonehead things he did, like yesterday after he hits the home run, and my ass, he's pointing to the fans. Is that what he? I didn't. Oh even yeah, hear he tried that. to. I mean, they, they, very they tried to play off. He said fans were yelling at him on the side. I yeah, I don't know if I. Believe I'm gonna that. tell you right now that that's not what was happening. You know exactly what he was doing. He was just trying to point right at their dugout and hey, see, this is what happens when you mess with Javi Baez. And the Mets are sitting there watching him hit this home run and and. All of a sudden, they're looking and going, we got to get into a fight with this guy. We don't even know why, but we're going to have to fight for this guy. And the Mets, we know that in the beginning of the season. They weren't that team. They weren't that team. That ju- they had Dom Smith getting called out, getting punked in Philadelphia. And they didn't run out of the, d- of the dugout. Remember that? They kind of meandered out like, hey, what's going on? You know what's going on. He called him out to a fight, and he doesn't want to fight him. Now you got a guy like Baez who emotionally he's not as mature as he should be for a guy who's going into free agency. He should see the writing on the wall that he can't keep doing this. Mets have Stroman that do this, does the same thing. When he's going great, oh, it's swagger. It's this. Look at him. And as soon as it goes awry, it's him crying about everything else but his own performance. So I'm I'm a little worried about that. At the same time, what, what do we got to do? We got to have faith. You got to. Be- it's too early for you. Got to believe. We got to have faith. <laughs> we got to have faith. We got to ride out this wave because the West Coast is where it all comes down to. This West Coast trip is going to be awful. And the the playing up and down to their competition really is so true. And I think there's a large enough like sample of games that. You hope that that holds true, I guess. That's kind of, yeah, we're going to lose to the Pirates and Marlins, and maybe we step up against the Phillies and then the West Coast swing against the the Giants and Dodgers. But also, 
if you play like this, I feel like you're just going to get steamrolled and this season could be over by, you know, in a matter of a couple weeks. But the reason I'm not ready to bail is like they have had this never say die attitude. They've had a lot of walk-off wins. They've had a lot of magic. They've had a lot of guys for every, for every Lindor or someone who's not living up to their potential for their big paycheck. They've had a guy coming from coming up from the minors who's playing you know, the best baseball he's ever played because he's got the hunger and he wants he wants his spot on the team. There's been too much of that to give up now. And the division is is pretty, pretty mediocre. But also it is it's like you guys better break out, break out of this funk soon or it's going to get real ugly real quick. Yeah, the pitching is interesting, too, because I mean, we were talking about this earlier, Kev, like the pitching could go out and they have they, like, other than like Eikhoff's couple of starts, they've kept it together. The bullpen has kept us in the games. The starters have done all they could even when they pitch one inning, right? And guys get hurt and all that kind kind of stuff and we still lose the game three to one like the offense yes, has to start right. hitting. It's the, right. the offense is the, the, the if there's a cause of death of the 2021 Mets season they're going to say it was the offense it won't be the pitching it won't be the defense watching this defense I don't it's not the Mets That's I know not the it's Mets crazy let me ask you guys this like how does a guy like Michael Conforto struggle how do you go from you can have a regression you can have a bad year but how are you batting a buck 99 how do you regress that much how does Lindor struggle as bad as he is? How does how does McNeil go from a 330 guy to a 270 guy? And, you know, some of these these numbers are like, I understand you're not always going to have your best year and you might not always have a better year than the previous. But to be this different, it's like that's the stuff where I feel like there's a dark cloud over the Mets no matter what forever and ever. It's come down to the point where McCann's getting pinch hit for by AAA Brandon Drury, who's become Mr. Clutch for this He's team. He's Mickey Mantle. I mean, where does this come from? And you got to start playing Drury over Conforto. We you do. You know, Figgy always talks about Terry Collins would give guys three or four days off to get their mind right. Well, they haven't done that with Conforto. It's been one day and he's back in the lineup. I say he's got to sit out three days. The contract's in the back of his mind. He's in the stretch run here, eight weeks left before you know him and Boris start talking to the point where he's going to have to take a one-year deal somewhere. If it's not here, he's not getting five years, $100 million, $125 million. He'll be lucky to get one year 15 at this point. So I think it's that. I think the Mets got to give him four or five days to get his I mind right. Know. Four or five and also days, Brandon man. Nimmo, stay on the field. I mean, stop with the day off with Brandon Nimmo today. He is the heart and soul at the top of that line. And when he's not up there, as much as we hate on him for taking too many pitches sometimes and running like a clown around the bases he gets on base scores runs the Mets win ball games mm -hmm. when he came back from injury it was like night and day the lineup completely shifted I, I used to be uh, I, I have I've apologized to him many times uh, out loud just not to him just out loud <laughs> to everybody because I was not a, a Nimmo believer at, at times but there's no denying his impact so you gotta and as far as I mean I don't even know how many days off would it take for you to clear your mind if you knew what Michael Conforto knew, and that's you lost yourself, legitimately lost yourself like $100 million this season. Because, you know, if they, if they got that extension done, who knows where his mind's at or how he goes out there and plays. I feel like every at-bat he's pressing, every time he strikes out, he's watching dollars fall out of his bank account. I don't think even a couple days off fixes that. I don't know. I don't think he can turn it around this season. So you might as well play Drury because it's like you're batting a buck 99, man. Yeah, it's been it's been tough to watch. And it's, it, you can see it in his face. You could see it in his body language. When he's right, he hits the ball to opposite field. He did that yesterday. He had the two doubles to the opposite field. And you're thinking, okay, this is the guy. And then he goes right back to being the guy who's trying to hit the, you know, 
make up for seven home runs he should have hit and with one swing and winds up striking out or not coming up clutch with a base hit where that's all you need. It's the dual-edged sword because we said it with Lindor. Well, now he's got the contract and now the pressure of living up to the contract. So you can't have it every single way. And as a player, it just steamrolls. And the worst part about it is, is that although you think you can forget about it, the fans don't let you forget. So you're going to hear it. You're hearing the booze every single time, no matter what you did. Remember remember yesterday I had two double? No, we don't care. You just struck out in the first right. thing with bases loaded, oh, right? We got, I mean, we, we got Frank Fleming here. He's like the <laughs> biggest, most notorious oh, yeah. Mets hater. And I watched the game with him today and he's yelling about Baez. And I'm like, dude, he literally basically single-handedly won the game for us yesterday. And we knew this was going to be Javi Baez. You're going to have amazing moments and rock bottom moments. So if you've watched baseball ever, you know that. So how are you so out of sorts over this? And, and I feel like there's a, a group of Mets fans out there that are still lingering from the uh, the Wilpon era where they're so negative that they would rather be right and have the Mets lose than be wrong and have them and have them win. And it's like, what's even the point, man, of getting of getting, you know, the fans who are just making things worse because this is not this is this team for the foreseeable future. So why don't you get behind them? You got Lindor for the next 10 years. Wouldn't wouldn't you rather be known as the fan base that stuck by him in year one when he was completely garbage and helped turn him around? Wouldn't you want to be the guys who, like, Conforto's been that dude. He hit home runs for us in the World Series, man. So why don't you ride with him right now? But it, they'd rather be doom and gloom. And I was one of them. It's like I'm a convert, <laughs> so I'm not talking out of my ass. I remember feeling like you felt, but it was different when there was an ownership group and a management group that was basically playing against you and worrying about their own interests. And now we don't have that anymore. So root for the team and root for the players and get behind them when they're down. Cause otherwise what's the point. All right. I'll come back to my other point, but before we go, I wanted to let you guys know one thing. When the Mets score four runs, they've only lost 10 games, four runs or more. It's they insane. only lost 10 games this year. When they've, it's incredible. Oh, well, it gets even better when they score when they score three runs or more, it's been 30 games total that they've lost when they've scored three runs or more. That just is mind-boggling to think that – We're not asking for a lot. No. You know, it's not like you have to score seven. No, We're no. talking about three runs and in that, a baseball and that, game. And that's not having your full starting five. That's not having Jacob DeGrom for more than two months. So just think that the pitching has done well enough to keep you in every single ball game. And it's always been a this one guy, these two guys, they just can't get right. And they still are in first place for now. They still are in first place. Oh, I know it. I know it. It's it's, it's, that's why I haven't had a rant or a yell all year because it's been, oh, we're still in first. We're still in first. On Sunday, when we record a catch Astoria, and you guys are welcome to come to catch Astoria, 5 p.m. show, 1 p.m. Mets watch party come out. We will be saying the Mets are not in first place potentially for the first time and have to enter Panic City. Clem, have you entered Panic City? I have not entered Panic City just because, like Kev said, there's like, first of all, just seeing that guy right there on the corner of my screen, the fact he's not jumping off a bridge right now makes me feel like everything might be all right. Cause that was usually the first guy off and he's saying, all right, guys, follow me. He would be the first one to throw the console of the season out. You did it once on opening day. Bobby Parnell being the same. There was some dark years where we knew we had no, that's what I mean. Like we came, I'll, I'll let you, I'll stop babbling in a second, but we, there's so many dark years. If you were a Mets fan for any decent amount of time, 
there are years that have been so much darker than this and so much worse than this. And while it's super frustrating right now, try to remember where you came from. Try to remember that you had an ownership group that you wouldn't have even made a single move at the deadline in years gone by. Be happy. I, I, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you to this right here at KFC. This, is, this has been my thing. We know how much Cohen is worth. And we keep hearing about how deep the pockets are. We keep hearing about how the ownership group is going to be different. Have they been? I think they have. Been. I think you you go Ooh. get Lindor and you go get Lindor. Locking up Lindor, you- yes, but locking up Lindor was a must. They had to do that regardless. They just had they had to do that. If you made the trade and you got a Lindor and you let him walk and you didn't uh, get that deal done before the season started, I understand that part of it. I still think that the Mets tried to get superstars and guys that were going to uh, the, the Wilpons tried to get superstars and get, and keep them in uniform. It just never panned out. They got Johan Santana. They had Jason Bay. They gave uh, Cespedes all. kinds kinds of money he was the highest paid outfielder it didn't pan out so that's one move so if we're going to equate the one move to one move oh he, Figgy, here you go again no. Nathan, one player every five to seven years yeah, but that's so, and, okay and also, so that and the will bonds what the will bonds did they spent money but they would go like nine tenths of the way and always be cheap enough that they they're like well now we can make the playoffs or now we're going to play meaningful games so we're good you can say like they had to do it but the will bonds are not throwing out 300 million dollars to, to to a guy like lindor and i do believe they will sign bias so i think that'll be a move i i don't think there's any reason to believe that cohen is, i just I, I don't think george springer and trevor bauer were the guy i think we dodged a huge bullet with trevor bauer so i oh, think they that, made the offer he came but in they made said, the offer even that was amazing that they yeah. even made the offer and that's what I mean. It's like we are – it's only one year, too. You can only do so much with what's what's out there. I think he's shown that he's committed to spending and winning and will be in on all of, you know, the necessary trades and, and free agents that, that need to to be there. But I, I think it's been very different than Wilpon years. The, the Mets do have the third highest payroll in baseball, too, to be fair to the Mets right now. So that, that counts for something. And I, I, mean, I don't think they want to touch the luxury tax because I think we are going to blow past that in the next few years. So it's like, all right, year one, let's not – blow through that because that's when the penalties really come down in the future. Clem, where are you at on 96? Because Clem was Clem invented the 96er club. He said this team was going to win 96 games and he's been holding steady for, you know, as long as he possibly can. He's the most positive guy I know, gotta, but he's also a smart guy. No possible. They, they, they got to go on that, uh, what was it, the Cleveland Indians tear? What was it, 22 games? Yeah, we got to win. You're saying there's a chance. Don't do this in front of our friends, Kevin. Alright, All right. I'm willing to admit it it is going to be very hard. It is not mathematically impossible, though. Is, it could no, it's, it's like it fifty-one. It's like fifty and twenty. I think they have to go the rest of the way. It's crazy. So, and I don't think they're going to score fifty runs the rest of the season <laughs> at this rate. So, uh, I'm willing to admit that. I all right. I'm willing to admit the ninety-six is n- probably not going to happen. However, you have to give me this. If everyone just played, and this isn't baseball, if if Lindor doesn't get hurt, the Grom doesn't get hurt in the way they did, and like just guys, just like. They didn't go full Mets on us. I feel like they would have had the chance. Like this team has showed us enough, right? If the Queen had (laughs) (laughs) forty and fourteen is the record. It just did the uh, Mets. Yeah, let's go. Hey, listen, you're you're absolutely right. Listen, the, the, the. it's been amazing to see this team gel the way that they have. And the biggest gelling moment, of course, was Pilar taking a fastball to the face and wanting to continue to play and showing these young pups and showing all these high uh, priced people. Hey, listen, I played the game because I love the game and I respect the game. And I realized that me not being able to be um, available and still holding myself accountable for that, really, I hurt the team. And you're like, this dude's face almost fell right off. And here he is mad at himself because he was not able to play today. That changed the whole dynamic in that clubhouse. And people started to realize 
like, okay, it, it takes all of us because he was an extra outfielder, you know, maybe even an extra, extra outfielder when he got brought in here. Now, all of a sudden, everybody rallied around him. So I think that was a pivotal moment for the Mets. This August, when we get past that series uh, of dealing with the Dodgers and the Giants back and forth, it's it, it's going to be a, a do or die kind of thing. Because I think if you you wind up losing nine of those 13 games, sign our oh, five days in flushing will be 13 days in hell on SMY coming in a few weeks. Well, and that's like those stories are great. And, and I do believe chemistry and and. Those kind of tales matter, but you know, baseball being 162 is the problem. Where it's like, if baseball was 100 games long, then we, you know, we would have made the playoffs, and that story would have carried us. And then, you know, all of a sudden, Pilar is like, well, eventually, water finds its level, and I'm not an everyday starter. And all these guys that were magical fill-ins, the bench mob, well, they're bench players for a reason, and that starts to show. And when you need the big leaguers to, 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 you know finally play and they can't and they don't can we bring mazika magic back what's been crazy what's been crazy about the bench mob right we're like raving about the bench mob and how they carried us and how they did all these things and then you look and you're like they're all batting 217 or lower i know right? this, i know what's happening how's this team in first yeah, but, place but i'll i'll take two walk-off <laughs> fielders choices this week immediately oh in Come a on. heartbeat in a heartbeat that that's been the beauty of this team and so yes you're hoping it clicks you're hoping it's like oh my god not only does it click but but, oh, Syndergaard is going to be ready when? And DeGrom is fine. and we're gonna... So September, all of a sudden, instead of call-ups from the minor leagues, you have those two guys walking in, Lindor walking in. That's a huge – There's a chance. There's a chance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not that far-fetched. I mean, it could – if you're just asking guys to come back from injury that they're scheduled to do so. I, I kind of secretly think – Jake is is not coming back, and I think they knew that, and maybe that's why they didn't go all in at the deadline. That was another. They thing. did a great job. They did. Yeah, look over here. We're getting biased. Absolutely. Look over here. We're wearing black jerseys. Yep. Meanwhile, we just announced that Jacob Degrom is out for almost the entire season, and nobody seemed to notice. So yeah, the black jersey hype was the uh, the big talk of the time. They didn't even tease the ring, the Hall of Fame ceremony. It was all black jerseys. Oh yeah, by the way, our guys are going to the Mets Hall of Fame the next night. Uh, they didn't even care about that. Where are you guys on Rojas? Because I think the there was a fascination of oh look what he's done with this injured team, banged up team, and I know the offense has been putrid, but he continues. I feel like making boneheaded decisions day after day. Sometimes they pay off, but otherwise they don't. I think if they do not win this division, he's out of here after this year. That's interesting because Rojas. One thing we always try to figure out is how much is actually Rojas in terms of filling out the lineup and making the moves, and how much is coming from the you know. 25-year-old Ivy Leaguer, you know, throwing the stuff down. Like you always hear with Aaron Boone, he's here to play nice with the media and, you know, kind of just keep the guys in the locker room loose, which sounds like Rojas did a good job on that side of things. All I know is my Twitter feed was flooded with how Albert Amora shouldn't be in the lineup, and he was, like, the only guy who showed up today, it seems. So it is kind of funny how that works out, right? That's the thing. Like, if, if I could know what how much Rojas really has a hand in it, I could go crazy one way or the other. But I feel like he's been perfectly fine. I mean, we had manager of the year, votes being cast for him earlier this year. Season, and now people are asking for him to be fired. So like most matters, I think he's squarely right in the middle. Like look at the Phillies, right? Gabe Kapler gets fired. He goes to the Giants and he's just, they're, they're a wagon out there. So I, I think he's perfectly fine. I don't know if he's going to be the guy to that's Uncle Stevie's three to five year vision. I just don't know if, you know, Luis Rojas is that guy. It should be Beltran. Bring him back. 
Bring him back. He Bell knew all the codes. He, he was the one that Alex Porter was copying off of. The guy's a goddamn genius. Yeah. He'd have sticky stuff in places nobody could find it right now. That's what Bell did. Uh, you wouldn't want to go searching well. where he had it. <laughs> I think Ro- Rojas is like, the, it's, it's, it's kind of similar to the Pilar thing. It's like, that's a great story that Rojas was able to cobble together this team when they were injured and got them motivated and all that stuff. Yeah. But now it's time to like win ball games and, and get through the tough stretch. And, you know, he was an interim manager for a reason. It's not like he was ever like the, the chosen one for any other reason than the Astros scandal. So, but I'm kind of with Clem. I don't think baseball managers are, are really the make or break that they used to be. So I agree wholeheartedly. It's not the days of Tony LaRusso winning the game for you or Tommy Lasorda, just their style of baseball, the way they managed, you know, out managing the other team. Right now, it's all statistical numbers. And a, you could basically put an Alexa in a dugout and ask it if this is the right move and she'll tell you. So it's... It's no longer we, – we talk about that often about how robotic it feels and like, oh, this is being done by the book. Rojas has gone outside of that a few times, playing Drury over Conforto, Drury as a pinch hitter as much as – you know, riding a hot hand and having that feel, you know, that we've seen. Because he has pulled, you know, that card a bunch of times this year, a pinch hit home run from a guy. You're like, why is he even putting this guy in the hit? Boom, pinch hit home run. And you're like, wow, that's amazing. So while the players are, are doing that, of course, it, it's on the players. You know, Rojas's ideas of, of, you know, maybe I go with this guy because he's been swinging it well. Maybe I go with this guy because he hasn't swung in a while. And he, he might hit water if he fell off a boat. I like the fact that Rojas is, I mean, he's looking more and more comfortable in his own skin as a manager. And like he has control over that clubhouse where he had the team, you know, the players only meeting kind of thing. It was a right time for it. But exactly what do you say? Like exactly what we're saying. Hey, guys, if we score four runs or more, you know, we're going to win. If we score three runs, yeah, that's it. Here's the real numbers. Don't talk to me about, you know, exit velocity. Don't talk to me about – because I watched a game the other night where, you know, Baez was taking these huge swings, and it was the two weakest swings that tied the game and won the game. It was Dom Smith and Drury, right? That's playing baseball. So – one thing is worried about statistical things. Wins and losses is what it always comes down to. My college coach used to say that famously. Wins and losses. Nobody cares about anything else. Rojas pulling that meeting right there is telling them the same thing. It's us versus the world. You're making yourself feel like an underdog instead of being, oh, we're still in first place. No, dude, you're you're in first place only because everybody else really sucked, right? And that's what we can all admit that. You know, if anybody played decent baseball and anybody played decent on the road in the National League East, then the Mets would not be even close to first place however having said all that if those pieces come back if i would love to get taiwan walker a 10-day vacation whether it's mental or physical he just looks worn out i mean he's given up home runs now like it's like he's throwing the, the home run derby dave joss oh style. dave joss style right it's dave, maybe dave joss shouldn't be his pitching coach just make dave joss the interim manager rest of the year well bingo tuesdays black jersey fridays <laughs> and just make it happen that's what we need it's jake brown nelson figaro amazing but true meaning we gotta believe podcast with barstool sports we're here with kfc and clem uh, a couple more minutes guys we'll wrap on this and take you inside you know jose reyes had his Spanish Academy, but you now are welcomed in to the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. Get ready. Figgy, give him the words. The first word is what? We're doing it based on the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, oh, right? There we go. That was the first one she wanted to do. That was too, way too easy, all right? So th- that one for Jumbo Shrimp, 
Real easy. It's Camarones Jumbo. Camarones Jumbo. Camarones Jumbo. 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 Camarones Jumbo. Really easy. They have a nice little twist to it. Camarones Jumbo. Who's Cameroon? We're not talking about the African. It's a country in Africa. You you just heard three people say it and you still mess it up. All right. One more time. Camarones Jumbo. Camarones Jumbo. There you go. It, it takes him about right. eight tries, and even Sarah can rattle it off much easier. I can't roll my oh, R's, so it's not the best language go. for me. I took French for seven years. It's funny. It's funny, too, because I make the same voices that everyone used to make on the Jumbotron. Yeah. Like, Why do they talk like that? And I was doing the same thing. Then <laughs> yeah. uh, another one we have is the uh, Platinum Sombrero for our friend Javi Baez. Yeah. <laughs> That's the sombrero platino. Sombrero platino. Sombrero platino. This is a Bronx guy. He that's not fair. Okay, so KFC, he grew up in this ain't your first time, KFC. <laughs> sombrero platino. Why does that Ooh, like sound that. like it hurts when you say it, Jake? Because it, uh, it does. It physically does. <laughs> the R is so <laughs> close to rolling it, it hurts his mouth. Sombrero, sombrero. And last but not least, of course, left on base. <laughs> <laughs> I love the I love the gaps. <laughs> it is dejado en la base. Oh God! Dejado, One more time. Dejado en la base. Dejado en la base. Woo-hoo-hoo. That's no fair. You speak <laughs> <a> Spanish. <laughs> dejado la base. En la base. En la base. En la base. Dejado en la base. Dejado en la base. Bonjourno, mozzarella, chicken pie. I swear it's like the SAP button goes on all of a sudden and Jake speaks French. We've been from Astoria. Oh Jake needs to hang out with Rizzo and Gallo in the Bronx. Man. Right we got the, got the, good, the, the got good fellas it. over there in the Bronx now. Yeah. Bronx I'm going to go get back to my chicken parm hero that's awaiting me now as we wrap up with KFC. Follow him on Twitter at KFC Barstool. Follow Clem at the Clem Report. Follow the Gotta Believe, We Gotta Believe podcast, Gotta Believe pod, new episodes Fridays. I'm sure we'll be on there soon with you guys to chop it up. We appreciate you coming on uh, Amazing But True. Thank you guys so much. It's our pleasure. If we get a home and home and have some fun, this was uh, this was as many as much last as I could have <laughs> yeah. after a game of today. So I thank you guys from the bottom of my soul. Good. For real. <laughs> <laughs> That says sayonara to episode 75, the Francisco Rodriguez K-Rod edition of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Jake and Sarah McCrory, for producing the show. Give us a five-star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Send us an email at amazingbuttruepod at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at 845-391-3660. For Nelson Figueroa and his Spanish Academy, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back on Sunday. Be there. We record the podcast from Catch Astoria. Can't wait to see you all. Enjoy the games in Philly, and let's go Mets.